game. That's great. Guys. You know, I, I'm I'm going a little deaf myself. I feel I feel like one ear is like catching way less sound these days. I have that. You have that? Yeah, I have uh, tinnitus in my right ear. Is that just like everyone has it and it just means that you're growing older? No, I've had it since I was like 19. Yeah, 19 pretty old. I guess that's true. Your career, at least, listen, in this industry, your career is over after 16. If yeah. you haven't gone pro by then, you're just picking up the pieces. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, that's pretty much where I'm at in life. A lot and of thankfully, we, we, we both went pro a long time ago. Yeah, uh, and it's easy to go pro because you just say, uh, I'm going pro, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was with more traditional games, you know. Queen's Gambit was kind of about us. Yeah, the chess is the original esport. You could you could say. Yeah, and and honestly, it's still the most vicious and toxic of the sports. Um, yeah, it I, is. Ferocious. I don't think anything. I don't think anything hurts more than losing in chess. Yeah, especially when you think you have like a setup in place, and it's just like you missed a like you. You don't realize that their bishop can do that or that like this like knight move is on the table and you like accidentally like walk right into just their like, trap. Yeah, it feels like you haven't just failed an IQ test, but a test of character. Yeah. <laughs> At least that's how it feels for no, me. No, totally. It feels like someone's like, oh, you absolute rube. You fall yeah, straight exactly. into my fucking trap. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you guys have fallen straight into our trap once again. It's another week of Game Boys. Wow, you've triggered our trap cast. Um, my name is Lux, and I am one of your hosts. <laughs> oh no, the audience used a card to just discards all trap cards. I guess the show's over this <laughs> yeah, week. Yeah, I guess that, that was quick. I should have told you about what was on the board. What our face they dealt down with us very quickly was. and adequately. You know, speaking of Yu-Gi-Oh's, uh, first of all, hi, I'm Griffin. <laughs> also joining us is our incredible producer and the real hero of the show, producer Haley. That's right. And you know what? You live long enough to be the hero. You'll find yourself to become the Joker. That's the quote. Uh, yeah, it's true. Who are you texting? No, and I was just getting a message. Of, I just got I forgot what it looked like an actual alert, but it turned out that it was just a Reddit post about uh, You're texting cool a Reddit steel. post. No, my phone buzzed and it just said one notification. It just said it didn't say the app. It just said one notification, and I was like, "Oh, geez, this seems weird. Like, I should see what that is because that's never how this worked." So I opened it, and then it was a Reddit post that was like, "Which character in the Legend of Heroes fandom does everyone hate but you think is good?" And I was like, "Shut up!" No. <laughs> well, you, I'm sure you actually have a very passionate opinion about that, but I just don't want to hear it at all. Okay. Well, the answer. Oh, we is- forgot to introduce you. I said, I said, my name is Lux. Well, this is Lux, I for, did, for we those have who are this, wondering. For the third time, it's the charm. <laughs> now it should be pretty locked in. And now we're locked in. Um, how's it going? Pretty good. Playing a lot of games, mm-hmm. doing a lot of work, getting ready to go to Arizona for this wedding. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm a little bit bummed. I mean, I have a no games weekend. No Switch? I mean, I'll bring the Switch, but I'm going to be busy. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. It's It's tough. Uh, I mean, depending on the kind of wedding it is, you might be able to play the switch like during the ceremony, especially if you're seated like far enough back. Yeah, that's but true. if it's I one could. of those weddings where it's like 25 people only and it's like weirdly spaced out chairs, like you'll be you'll be spotted a mile away. Like you'll well, be in the like, photos playing a switch. And it's like it's a big wedding, but I th- I'm part of the wedding party. Oh, so you're you're up on stage uh, yeah, playing or, your like, switch. or like sitting in the front row or something along those lines. You have some best man responsibilities? No, uh, we talked about it, but Matt was like, don't do that because uh, I don't want you to give a speech because you'll make my dad angry. And he's right. <laughs> <laughs> he's right. I will. I've done it before. And I'll do it again. <laughs> uh, I mean, listen, you should just talk about the vaccines. Yeah. And be like, look, so- one thing that does work is Matt and Molly's love. The only thing that doesn't work is the fake vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, uh, I think that there, there's a lot of fake marriages out there, uh, but this one is real. Unlike the vaccine. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know, man, I guess before we, before we get in everything again, it's like, can everyone stop talking about Joe Rogan? It's just such, it just ruined my internet. 
Like I'm trying to go on there. I'm trying to like, I'm trying to see like uh, a, a post about final fantasy 14 or like, I don't know, I'm trying to see uh, like a dumb tweet. Like the one you just told me about, yeah. but, but everyone's just like, well, Joe Rogan, who is he? And how, how do we get to be like that? Where everyone's talking about us. Um, we're going to have to bring on some scientists. Yeah. We're going to bring on some scientists. And then when they explain stuff to us in pretty clear terms, be like, I don't know about that. It's it's a mixture, right? We have to be very we have to be very shrewd against the mainstream scientists, and then the YouTube scientists. We have to, you know, uh, hug. Yeah, no, it's sort of like a, which would be insanely credulous, but anything a guy who made up their degree at a made up college says, but anyone who's like an actual scientist, we have to treat like they're pure scum. I think most of the scientists are probably scum. I don't I don't trust anyone. I, I'm I'm trying to fix my finger right now. I know that's not science, but I everyone is letting me down. The hospital's trying to rob me. Like it's it's a whole mess right now. I don't know. I think it like at the end of the day, I wish people would stop talking about it because it seems like you're like not addressing like the root of the problem, but like a like a like a symptom of it because it's like no one's going to stop liking Joe Rogan. Like I just, so I just don't know. It seems like wasted energy. Whereas it's like probably if people trusted like institutions more then we wouldn't have this problem. Yeah. I mean, there's that. That's a big part of it. Also, what's really frustrating is that this conversation is happening on Twitter. Um, Mm -hmm. So basically what's happening is like there's a, a legitimately interesting conversation happening here, right? Because the idea is Joe Rogan's doing shit people don't like. People are doing sort of a free market response to Joe Rogan doing shit they don't like. And people are mad that he's being quote unquote canceled for it, right? And the people who are mad he's being quote unquote canceled for it are people who are like the free market is good. The free market resolves all of its own problems naturally through the behavior of rational actors. Um, obviously, that's like a, like that's a series of hypocritical stances. And there's like a lot of interesting things to unpack there. But because it's happening on Twitter, what happens is someone's like, Joe Rogan, he sucks. But I think it's OK that we boycott him because boycotts are a market response. And someone else is like, market response? You don't know what the market is. You're a dumb idiot lib. And it just <laughs> becomes like that instantly. And so mm-hmm. it's particularly frustrating because it's everything that I'm seeing. And none of the conversations are nearly as interesting as the actual shit that is happening. Yeah, I think you're right about all that analysis. My thing is like, why hasn't everyone just unsubscribed from Spotify? I've seen a few people do it, but most people are like, I want to keep my Spotify and you guys censor him. And it's like, I don't know. That doesn't seem like a, a free market solution. Yeah, like, like you pulling out of Spotify. Sure. But it's just like, I don't like you guys have no idea how badly they want to censor Game Boys. They want to take us down. And the second you you take down, you know, you, you set a precedent for disinformation on podcasts. Listen, I've been wrong a lot on this show. Yeah, and I always, <laughs> I always back it up. I always admit when I'm wrong. You know, I'm learning. I'm a, I have a curious mind. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but like, yeah, it just seems like the censorship stuff is really cringe. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think it's it's that's that you are hitting on one of the weirder parts of it, right? Which is that a bunch of people like there's a free market solution. Neil Young did it. He was like, "I'm not taking your fucking money. I'm leaving. I don't think you're good." Uh, yeah, and um, went to Amazon. Sure, hero of the people. Right. I mean, look, it's not that he was making a statement against like capital or music sales. He was making a statement about like how Spotify runs their shit. Um, mm-hmm. And like he did it, and so did a bunch of other artists. And like, cool, that's great. And that's like actual free market activism. Insofar as free market activism can exist, even though it's a thing I don't super believe in. Um, but like, who do you think is, has? Who do you think has caused more harm though between uh, the company Amazon <laughs> or Joe Rogan? It's hard to say. Actually, uh, I don't think so. No, it's definitely <laughs> the company Amazon. Like, I'm not saying Neil Young was right or wrong, or that this is a particularly thought out protest. Yeah. But like, within the confines of what constitutes sort of ex- what should what should constitute acceptable protest. Mm-hmm. Um, in, also, on, like, like who's listening terms. to music on Amazon? Psychopaths. I mean, you know, maybe this is a uh, Neil Young's way of kicking it off. They have a music player. What the fuck is this? Yeah, Amazon Music is is around. I, I next thing you're gonna tell me, Lux, that you're still on title. Um, I still- don't use title, but I did for a while because I liked that high that lossless audio. I, I there was just there was like one album that you couldn't you couldn't listen to anywhere else. Yeah, or I think it was, was like Jay Z or, or maybe it was Life of Pablo when it first dropped something like that. 
Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, and people, that was, that's not like the reason I thought title was cool. I thought title was cool because it was like way higher quality audio. Name. And, yeah. and it has like way higher quality about, audio. About being a wave. Um, yeah, so that's because of my thing where I really feel like I connect a lot with waves. Yeah, wavy baby. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So that that's the Joe. That's a Joe Rogan corner. I don't know. It's a it's a bummer, and I think largely it's like it just feels like when it's like a slow news week, people start like latching on to like really unhelpful forms of activism. But that's the craziest part is that it's not a slow news week. Right. It's an incredibly fast news week. There's so much shit going on. Yeah, but we also have become hyper... like we're hyper focused just like on the country itself and like i would say like if there's like a major international thing going on like with russia ukraine all that shit they're like people are like just even more than ever just like hyper focused on like their own present surroundings yeah i mean for sure but like even within the u.s like yesterday the supreme court like ruled that it was okay for Alabama to make like an actively racist electoral map and change their electoral <laughs> map specifically to be more racist. And the Supreme Court was like, this is good, actually. Yeah, I mean, I think after the abortion one, I think everyone just started it's, decided they would wouldn't care about it anymore. Right. But it, it's, <laughs> and I don't know if that's totally unfair because it is like increasingly an illegitimate institution. But like, I'm just saying that like, it's bigger than just this is a slow news week domestically or whatever. Like it's that this is like the thing people want to talk about. Right. Yeah, like right. even during, during the fucking Rogan, the, uh, even during the span of the Rogan shit, um, they're like, we learned that Trump signed an order to steal a bunch of voting machines. <laughs> right. Like it's, it's mm-hmm. so much more than just like a slow news week. It's, it's this active choosing to be like Joe Rogan is like the site of the culture war. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but it's like uh, my, my last argument for it's like, of course it's not a slow news week ever, but yeah. the topics that you just mentioned, America is burnt out on America is burnt out on caring about the Supreme court. Uh, and what was the other one you mentioned? Uh, the Trump stealing um, voting machines. And America's hella burnt out on January 6th. You can see the ratings on yeah. CNN and MSNBC as well about that. It's like, like people are burnt out on those topics. And so like people need to still feel like passionate about something. And this is like the easiest one to feel passionate about because it requires pretty much nothing but posting. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, that was posting hour. Face it, I'm addicted to post. Wow. Hey, Weird Al, consider it. (laughs) Um. So, a lot of stuff happened this week, Lux. Uh, We've both been playing a lot of new games Mm -hmm. in the week of February. The month, rather, of February has begun. The onslaught of games. Where do we want to start? What about a quick Arceus check-in? Let's do a quick Arceus check-in. For I would say I have completely stopped playing the game, but I would say that it's only 40% the game's fault. 60% 60% is that it's like, it's a busy month. I'm going to start a lot of games this month that I don't finish right away. Because like I'm, I'm be juggling a lot of projects. But I'd say 40% of it is just like, I'm not invested in the story. Uh, and I feel like the the Pokedex is it's kind of a chore. I might get back into it at some point. Yeah, I'm still even playing it. But increasingly, it does feel a little chory. Just that like, you're just kind of wandering around these areas a lot. And and the actual variance within an area each time you visit it is fairly small. Like the Starleys are always in the same place or there's always those weasels by the river or whatever. Yeah. Every area seems like really repetitive at a certain point And like it doesn't like it kind of plays a lot of its cards in the first like six or seven hours of the game. And so it just kind of feels like you're that's just what you're doing. For the rest of the time. Um, and it's kind of hard to like keep keep it pushing. And I will say that it's like what's odd is the story is really misleading because it's like it has the sort of thinness and like blandness of like the original top down 2D games in terms of like content and storytelling. But 
it has like an open world amount of cinematics and dialogue boxes that are like almost completely useless and just like feel like a bunch of just like filler that you have to click through, especially at the start of the game. It's It, it gets, gets repetitive feeling and all that fluff that at first I was kind of excited about because it felt like there was more to the world than other Pokemon games right. doesn't really go anywhere or feel particularly impactful. Once you start playing the game and it gets into its main loop and its main loop is sort of going through these areas have already done, occasionally locking new areas, grabbing Pokemon, going back and then just having these like long conversations that don't really flesh out that much of the world or the situation at all. Yeah, it's weird because I'm still I'm still like the best like quote unquote like po- like 3D RPG they made was that weird GameCube one uh back in the like, day yeah, the, the, weird, one that you, the weird spooky one the one that you haven't played um I've because like of. And, and that one like had a bunch of like like decent cinematics and like memorable iconic kind of characters it was difficult uh it wasn't like as open but it was like it felt more like a real game um and so yeah there's just something there's something that is easy to bounce off with this one. Um, but again, I would say that there's also a fuck ton of games this month. So uh, that's just part of it. Yes. Um, but yeah, we did both play a fuck ton of new stuff. I've been playing a shit ton of new stuff. Uh, I want to hear about the game that you've been playing, but I do first just want to give a quick update about Dying Light 2. Yeah, this will be really short uh because i have much more to say about the second game of it yeah. playing so i heard this game sucks how has that matched up to your experience <laughs> so this game is a slippery one because it's like in so many ways it is kind of like a fun game it's like it's it's like a game that you think is like an eight out of ten but then it kind of reveals itself to be like a five out of ten as it goes on because what the game does really well is parkour it is like an incredible experience it's like visually stunning you're running around all these rooftops and all these little ledges that you're like tapping and climbing up it it feels cooler than mirror's edge it's like more interesting parkour than you find in like assassin's three assassin's creed third person perspective stuff which you kind of just cheese like the parkour takes a little bit of skill you have to upgrade it you like can't jump to certain places right away and stuff um that stuff is feeling really good the story is dog shit um and then the main problem is that there's just this melee combat it's only melee combat and for an open world game that like is going to demand like 50 hours for you to complete like the main quest and a lot of, and like a decent amount of side stuff that just like really runs out of steam. Yeah. And I've heard that the melee is like pretty repetitive. Like I feel like you can do a really exciting and versatile melee only game even in that setting, but not if it's like samey. No, the, the melee is pretty much like all the same. You can add different elements to your weapons, um, but it ultimately is just like a fun thing to do a couple of times. And then you're like, yeah, it's still all pretty much the same. Um, and so, like, you know, if this game had that kind of combat and was like 12 hours, it would work. But like because this game thinks it's telling a good story worthy of 45 hours, it's not. Um, It's like extending this gameplay and stretching it and spreading it way too thin across like the bread. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, everything I've heard of the game is basically that like there are elements of where you can tell people really busted their ass and some pretty cool ideas and put in some pretty interesting work. But then like the game just doesn't come together for whatever reason. And there's like a lot of parts are like really underdone that are kind of central to it, like the combat or whatever. And then it just kind of like you see like, like this good work scattered across this like largely a mess of a game. And but, but like it's like so much of it is functional in terms of like open world familiar stuff you come to expect. It runs pretty well and like everything is like pretty seamless and smooth and like modern. But it's just like it's there's just not enough there. To, to, to make it worth it. Um, so it's frustrating because it's great parkour. And I'd love to see that 
in a game that had enough other systems. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so that's Dying Light 2. I wasted $60 for you, audience, and I saved you guys a little bit of cash. So that sounds awful, but it's good that you sort of took that hit so the people who listen don't do it themselves. That's very noble of you. Uh, Christ-like yes. in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, now, now get me down. I got to play some video games. <laughs> hey, you got to stay the three days. Um, so... I've been playing a game that is new that I'm really fucking into, and that game is Sifu. Nice. Let's go. Um, It's really fun. I'm not as far as I want to be, largely because I got kind of confused by the hub space and couldn't figure out how to leave for a little bit and then got distracted and wandered (laughs) off. And by a little bit, you mean four hours? (laughs) Uh, It took me about 30 minutes. Uh, it took about 20 minutes before I was like, I'm just going to walk away from this for a little bit. And then probably another 10 minutes before I figured out what I was supposed to be doing. And in between there were a couple hours. So wait, you were in the hub world. You couldn't figure out how to go to the first like level. Yeah, it actually turns out it's pretty easy. I was just sort of not. I think it even told you I just like wasn't paying attention. For sure. Um, But it's sweet. It's so fun. Um, It's kind of like imagine the. It's dragons. Like, um, well, imagine dragons for sure. That's number one. Number two is I'm there. I'm there. <laughs> number two is think I about can, <laughs> like the Arkham games, like Arkham Asylum, Arkham Knight, whatever. Yeah. Um, and like the that combat being just the single core mechanic that and like the aging thing, which I have not gotten too into yet because I haven't died very much. Whoa, um, humble brag. Hey, I'm I'm nice with it, but um, yeah, it's it's really fun. It's you. There's like a lot of cool ways to go through fights there's a lot of ways to get overwhelmed there's a lot of ways to like get escape from things there's like dodge mm-hmm. block you can use the environment to like throw buckets at a guy or kick a table in their way yeah and you basically just going through these levels doing these kind of like big epic sort of mondo gareth evans the raid style fights um and like working your way through these different levels and unveiling this like story about like corruption and, and crime and uh, and you know, the Kung Fu world's dark underbelly, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and it looks really good too. Like the animation and everything. Are you playing this in 4k? Playing it in 4k baby. And it looks slick. Nice. Now is this, is this, now I've been really frustrated with the PS five because they're like 4k. And then it's like, Oh, actually we, we can only play this new PS five game in 4k 30 frames per second or some bullshit. It's like, you got to at least get to 60. Um, I think my frame rate's at 60, but I'm not positive. I have not double checked that. For a game like Sifu, that's a little bit like lower in terms of like resolution density. I feel like it is 60. I feel like you're doing 4k yeah, 60. Probably, yeah. I'm, all, that's I'm my, pretty sure. That's my guess, but I just was really disappointed when I looked up the Horizon for Forbidden West resolution settings, and it's like performance, resolution, like there's different s- settings, and it's like two of them are completely useless. Like one of them's like playing at 30 frames, which I'm sorry, once it's this is gonna sound really elitist, but you literally like once you see video games at 60 frames per second, it's super, super hard to see them at 30. Hard to go back. It's really hard. It look you look stuttery. Um so yeah, that's been frustrating. Um, but yeah, uh, how many now? There's only five levels I hear. Yeah, there's look cool because there's like five guys you're going after. Um, right, it's like kill kill friggin' Bill. Yeah, and and there's like kind of like stopping points partway through, really chances to enhance and stuff. So it's not like a huge game. Um, I do like that the skill tree in the hub world is just a literal tree that you go to to like see and say hi, and it opens a menu, which is fun to me. Nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, it hasn't gotten old. There's like enough different like techniques and like approaches to fighting that you have to bust out that it does feel dynamic still. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm pretty excited about it. I'm having a lot of fun playing it. Um, it's a nice like mix them up uh, with the my long running Legend of Heroes slash Trails playthrough, like re re mm-hmm. replay through. Because yeah. the Trails games are, like, pretty slow, and they're turn-based, and they're very narrative-heavy and very, like, dense. Uh, you need something action-packed. Yeah, and then Sifu, I just, like, let it rip for an hour or two when I play that, and it's very fun. Yeah. For me, it's, like, okay, it looks really, really fun. Uh, but it doesn't look like 
the combat really evolves much from like your what you do at the very beginning like if it's like it just seems like it's like the batman arkham like counter zoom finisher for like everything no Um, there's like a decent number of like other maneuvers like for instance i just learned like how to i mean you learned this pretty early on but like i learned how to do like a sweep kick and then downward punch combo that's like death Mm -hmm. that's like a like a much more aggressive way to like rush towards the finisher um, there are some guys who like it's hard to block, so you have to dodge. I mean, it's hard to dodge, you have to block. Um, yeah, there's it's a little bit more dynamic, I think, than, you, than you're giving me credit for, uh, which is good because it, it does. It, it would obviously be very easy for a game that is like get into kung fu fights in like 55 different rooms to start to feel pretty repetitive mechanically. So um, it's fifty. It's fifty dollars. Is it a fifty dollar experience, or is this something I should like wait to go on sale? That'll uh, like probably be on sale pretty quickly. I got it on sale. I think I got a fifteen or twenty percent off. Oh shit! It was already on sale. Yeah, I think there was like a release sale thing. Uh, yeah, it, it feels like a game that's like it's small enough that like it'll be on like PS Plus or whatever pretty soon. Probably, but I wasn't finna wait because I I love kung fu stuff. Of course. Listen, hey, I, I just I just bought buying dying light too. You don't gotta explain anything to me. Um yeah, uh it, it looks yeah, it looks intriguing. Um and, and people are saying it's pretty hard. It's tough. It's tough, it's fun. Um I think it's gonna I think the first level is a little bit more doable. Uh, and I expect the difficulty to ramp up pretty substantially as I go. So I'm not I think that I'm gonna start getting old and being dead probably pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Um, what is the what does the aging mechanic do? Do you move slower? Um, yeah, I think it likes. I think it's. I think it changes your stats a little bit, but I think mostly it's just like this aesthetic thing where like instead of having X number of lives, you just like age until you're dead. Mm, okay, and then that's your game over condition. Hmm. Um, and then you kind of have to like go back to a save or whatever. Um, and that's I think a cool way of telling that story well i'll be interested to see next week like if you're if you've been able to beat it or not yeah well well probably not because i'm gonna not be playing games this weekend okay Um, well then confirmed you got wrecked by the game yeah (laughs) fair enough well it looks style it looks stylish it looks fun definitely and people have been liking to watch it on stream so it seems like something fun um so yeah that any other any other thoughts on the sifu um not really i mean it's very straight up it's it doesn't have a lot of like hidden tricks or like twists and turns to it so far right yeah it's just pretty straightforward (laughs) yeah um and so uh i don't have a ton to say about it except that i think it's really fucking fun nice um okay well I've been playing a game that a lot of basically everyone on the internet has been playing. Uh, it's been a crazy week for Lost Ark, the game that I've been playing. Um, Lost Ark is a game from Korea. It was directed and created by Kim Jong-un and then passed on. Wait, is that the current one? Yes. It was Kim Jong-il. That's the current one. It was started by Kim Jong-il. And now Kim Jong-un is, is distributing it with Amazon. Um, and it's been out since 2017. And a- Amazon is westernizing, localizing it uh, for North America and other parts of the world. Yeah. It is really fun. It's good. It's good. And, you know, it's it's it was, it's a it's an MMORPG. Uh, you know, in this, but in like a Diablo style, which is something that I thought I was going to really bounce off of. I'll talk about that more in a second. But first I was just like, want to talk about like the fucking reaction to this game online. I mean, so tell me that the the hype was just, I mean, the hype was just absolutely insane. Like every type of internet gamer content creator was talking about lost Ark. whether you're a, a call of duty streamer or you're, you know, like a playing Pokemon like full time doing trading cards. Everyone was streaming the game. There was well over a million viewers in the channel. It was the number one channel on Twitch. Um, you know, Asmund Gold was streaming to like 300,000 people, like just like watching him not be able to log in. Um, and it really had me think about it's like, wow, like this isn't just because of Lost Ark. Like this is because like MMOs 
are in this like really big, big kind of like state where it's like someone can come in and try to be the new like winner, like and everyone loves to fucking play them. Even people who don't stream them professionally, like people like Tim, the tat man were streaming lost Ark and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, the guy who normally plays Warzone. So it's like, it was this big moment for me about like thinking about like MMOs, how popular there are, how people are really hungry for a new one. And basically how like any new MMO that even has a little bit of buzz is going to have a huge launch, like day one of people checking it out. Yeah. I'll throw a uh, two relatively uninformed takes on this out there. Uh, one is I think that it being in the Diablo model probably helps because that's like an extremely, uh, you know, uh, extremely accessible type of game, like mm-hmm. a really fun and easy way to play games uh, and, and pretty enjoyable. Yeah. Um, but and also this happened in a new world too. another Amazon Studios MMO that came out this, no, this well, year say, or last year. That is the second element of this. Which is that I think also just like the amount of social isolation that's been happening the past couple of years, which is very real, um, I think is one of the many ways in which it's manifesting as a uh, as like a material condition is this like attachment to online gaming and gaming like that in a way that you can like both cooperate with friends, but also meet people like we've talked a little bit about like the idea of gaming being designed to be a thing you do with strangers. Yeah. Um, And so this this seems like it really appeals to that element. In it a really lot of does. Ways. Like the MMOs having the shared social space is just super huge. And especially with MMOs, it can feel like a little bit easier and like not non-committal. Whereas like when you're in a VR chat room, it feels very committed. But like if you're in like the shared city town, like, yeah, there's people around. Like maybe I'll interact with them. Maybe I don't have to. Um, there's that element of it. Uh, but also, yeah, it's just like people really like MMOs and the story of the MMO genre is this to every gamer you talk to, especially ones of like our generation. I used to play a lot of WoW and then I had to quit because it took up too much of my life. Man, I really, really loved that game, but it took up too much of my life. That's the story you'll hear from everyone who like played it when they had time and now they're an adult. They can't. That didn't mean that like MMOs inherently can't exist in like the modern era with like a busy adults schedule. It's just that World of Warcraft wasn't serving that and like wasn't evolving to be that um, quick enough. And these new MMOs are like they're do all these things that, you know, make you feel like you can get something out of it without playing every day. Uh, And so it's exciting to see sort of the narrative of like MMOs like bounce back. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, well, for so long, uh, it's just been like the wow show. Um, yeah. Even when Final Fantasy 14 was on the margins, it was still the WoW show. Even when New World happened, it was the WoW show. And I kind of think that the hugeness of Endwalker um, and the way that really opened up a lot of people to the idea of MMOs outside of WoW being able to fill a lot of the WoW social and like and like to keep play and play gap um, is going to contribute to a lot of new MMOs coming out and getting really hot starts and maybe like sustaining heat because like it's become clear that like MMOs like Blizzard doesn't have the way the that WoW was not the best way to do an MMO. It was just the way that they were doing the MMO that was the biggest one. And in fact, there's many ways to do it that can all be interesting and good. Right. Totally. And so let me talk about a few of the things that I've discovered because uh, there's a lot of parts of this game that I like and a few parts that I think could like that I don't like. Uh, but I did play this game with the early founders pack that I paid. Like, I think I, it's, it's a free to play game, which is insane for the, the level and quality and, and amount of content. Um, but I paid $15 to play it three days early, uh, and start checking it out. Um, and the, the good things are a, it's fucking gorgeous to look at. 
this is the prettiest like Diablo style game I've ever seen. And one thing that was really worrying me about the art style and the perspective and something I always bounced off of and didn't get really attached to Diablo was it was always just so top down, so bird's eye view. And it's hard to get attached to my characters and the space around me. But in Lost Ark, like there's this zoom feature that zooms you into more of like a level headed view of like the world and your character. And it's like, oh, fixed, completely fixed. Like, I, I feel like I'm totally in this world. Yeah, that's like why I'm so interested in hoping it gets either I get a PC or it comes to to consoles because that is a kind of game that I find really fun and the way that I've from the clips I've seen and stuff you've said to me like it does feel like one that gets past a little bit of the problem of that distance camera and the problem of the repetition elements of Diablo and it seems like maybe it could be an MO that I can get into if it's more streamlined in that way. Yeah. And so like that part is really cool. The character creator was incredible. And like while I was making the character, I was like, well, this is an incredible looking character, but I'm never going to see her. And there's like, oh, nope, totally wrong. You can zoom in whenever you want and like see her do her cool abilities close up or just check out her new clothes or outfit like like you, you get everything uh, out of that camera movement and and it really brings you into the world the other great thing that's working about it is the classes it is the best feeling ability wise like what is it called an arpg yeah what does that stand for again action rpg Action RPG. This is, I think, the best feeling ARPG I've ever played. It just the abilities just feel so satisfying, like crunchy and just like specific, like not just like a, an absurd, like kind of just chaotic bunch of graphics exploding on the screen, but like very specific individual spells that you're seeing like happen in really satisfying ways. It was really, really hard to pick like what I wanted to play as. There's 15 classes you can choose from. Um, and, and so I ended up picking gunslinger, which is a class that has three types of weapons. I switch out between double handguns, a shotgun and a sniper. So I'm kind of like a ranged class. Um, and each gun has its own hot bar of abilities. So it's kind of a high skill class, but it was just super satisfying to like swap between the guns, do pop off all these different abilities um, and just getting better at it too over time. So the abilities and the classes are just super fun. And I already want to try a different one because they're, they're, they're super fun. And then like just the core loop of killing shit in the game and running around the world is like, soothing and relaxing and like chill and like fun like the abilities look cool but it's also like pretty relaxing and kind of grindy um all stuff we kind of love but then here's a few things that i've been bouncing off of so far Uh the story is pretty bad sure and for me an mmo especially after final fantasy 14 like it doesn't need to be Final Fantasy 14 story level, but it can't be bad um, because an MMO requires so much time, asks so much of you to spend so much time in that world that like if you don't like any of the characters that you have to talk to, that can be like kind of deflating. Yeah. Or even if you just don't care about the things that they care about. <laughs> Yeah. So, well, the interesting thing is I am semi curious about their big fantasy lost arc main story element. But so far, most of the characters I've interacted with have had annoying voice actors. And I just don't I don't I'm not like super passionate about any of those characters. But I'm told that this is a really I'm still like the first like 10 levels are like in this sort of tutorial realm and that the game opens up a lot more. So maybe I'm about to meet more interesting characters. But just like at the top, I'm like. Uh, almost by design, you're not supposed to pay attention to these quests too much. It's yeah. the wow design of pick up, pick these up, click through them quick, do the tasks and bring them back to us. Um, but it's even quicker than wow. It's just like, it's almost instantaneous. Like the quest just like, there's a momentum to it where they're just like flying you through the map quest, 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 fly, 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 new zone, you know? Um, so yeah, I don't know. That's sort of been bouncing off for me. Um, everything else though has been really solid so far. That sounds fucking sweet. It sounds, um, it sounds like a real powerful juice. Like it sounds and like a real me- exciting game. That's like uh, moving around some of the variables of like what we think of with MMOs and stuff, which is pretty nice. 
and a few other really like great pros. I love the interface and UI of this game for a game that has a lot of different menus to check out. They all look gorgeous and beautiful and Square Enix really needs to learn a lesson from them because Final Fantasy 14's UIs look 20 years in the past compared to these. Like these are very slick and that's really important for a game where you're navigating through lots of menus. Um, menu shit is clean as fuck and then um you know i played i queued into a random matchmaking and did a dungeon it was it was fun we all kind of just creamed right through it um and it's been fun to see a lot of people like running around the world the chat's really active the people have been pretty nice and supportive so far that i've grouped up with um but but i think it's the perfect type of mmo to fit alongside like my playthroughs of final fantasy because it's like you know, in Final Fantasy, you're getting the story. You're getting like those big narrative things that you want to see the end of. And you're like you logging in to play the fun little raid bosses. Yeah. But then like Lost Ark, I could see myself just really just like flicking on and like like le- grinding some levels, doing some quests and just maybe even having the TV on just kind of like chilling, like totally, totally relaxing. Yeah. Um, and so, like, yeah, I think it could be a nice, nice complimentary um, and in terms of me, like, holy f- people are like how in my chat, they're like, so how many MMOs are you playing right now? And it's like only two. Um, and it's like, well, this one but, you kind of like dip in and out of sort of with a little more flexibility and sort of as like a side thing. Yeah, it, it tickles a different part of my brain, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Rickles a different um, part of your pain. But again, this is a really smooth Diablo style game. And if that's something you, cl- you, you know, you clap for Lux, I, I think we got it. I think we got to start a public campaign to peer pressure you to get a PC. Yeah, well, or a public campaign for people to buy me a PC. Just kidding, because that's not the fucking problem. The problem is I just don't know where I'd put it. Um, And that doesn't matter how many people pressure me. I will not have more space to put it. Hmm. Um, But we'll figure it out. Um, Well, let's take a quick break and come back to talk about Attack on Titan. Game Boy's audience, go on strike. No, don't. Then they stop. Then we don't. Then they don't listen to like. That's the only way change happens. Yeah, but you're. I well, like I think you're doing it wrong. Listen, burn it all down. All right. Do you want to do an ad? Start over. Uh, We should do an ad. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. We are doing our mini podcast within a podcast in Attack of Titan. Or sorry, Attack of Titan. Nope, I did it wrong again. A talk yeah. of Titan right now. We're getting into it. I thought it was a talk on Titan. I think I like to talk of Titan. This episode, we're do, it's called a talking on Titan. A talking, a talking, a, a talking on a Titan is our talking con- on a Titan. Yeah, yeah. And we're both wearing big hats, and we got uh, canes <laughs> and tap shoes on. <laughs> um, That's great. Yeah, fits the episode. Yeah, absolutely. Very seafood. <laughs> so, new episode. Very metaphysical. Very surreal. Oh yeah, Griffin. Your first thoughts. Well, I remember how I told you right on the last attack and on a Titan that, you know, I was worried that it was going to be an, a Ymir heavy uh, episode. Um, and it was, but I was wrong. I enjoyed her backstory. I felt like it had some interesting themes to it. And I thought it reinforced sort of this larger talking point that's been going on in the show of like, were the Titans sent by angels or sent by the devil? And like everyone has their own historical version of the Titans. And the truth is uh, kind of like a, a lot simpler and a lot more raw, kind of like a weirdly driven by some weird and intense raw human emotions, even though there is a, a, a venom monster, <laughs> a spiny dude. Yeah, um, <laughs> I'm inclined to agree with all of that. I didn't love this episode so much because it just felt like a big backstory episode that gave us very little new information. That's Um, true. And I thought, I mean, I still thought it was cool. I thought the last, what, four or five minutes of the episode were fucking rad. Um, And like, yeah, the little, well, we'll we'll get into the little Venom guy, but like that was interesting. And like some of the details are kind of interesting and some of like the emotionalism was pretty good. It just felt like we're in the middle of this climax of the story. 
and we just spent 20 minutes and this episode told me like two new things. Yeah. And I guess the, the, the big, the big new thing for me that it told me was this whole thing about like, I don't know, like all this, all this tight and all this weird shit, this horrible shit. Like, was it, is there a malicious man behind the curtain? What, started all this what instigated like this this sort of horror um and i feel like the answer to that was more interesting than oh there was a an ultimate evil alien who was deciding all this or something like yeah, that you know i like that and i guess my issue is that like i just kind of felt like we sort of already knew this <laughs> that like this has been kind of hinted at in a lot of the discussions of the past like yeah, um, I do think it's a little bit more of a sympathetic portrayal, which is nice. Like it does give a little bit more emotion and like, like yeah, I guess sympathy is the word to like the condition of Titans and like their their position in the world. Right. Well, well, a few things that like one that like the Titans and their like power and might was not like granted to an army of people or whatever. It was all kind of like a random mistake, and then all the actions were driven by, uh, you know cruelties of man yeah and i guess i guess what i mean is i think that that second part is sort of the that that's true and that it was really rooted in this directing of that force at the marlians um i think that we basically already knew um just in the way that like you know that all the history is clouded and all the histories that we hear are kind of dubious and so when you kind of scrape back all of the kind of propagandistic elements of the stories that exist in the text it th this is pretty much what's left like and that's from the, something mm -hmm. you could just derive from past episodes mm -hmm. but i will say it does make them a lot more sympathetic and you're right in that it does like hard lock this idea of th this kind of core idea that titans were not born to be weapons, but have always been used as weapons. And that that idea has yeah. been like internalized and repeated over and over and over again. Yes. Um, and that's interesting. Um, and again, something we kind of already knew, but it's nice to see them like put an exclamation point on it with this episode. I feel like that's all this episode was doing. It was like putting exclamation points on stuff we kind of already knew. Um, but why don't we go through mm -hmm. the events of the episode kind of quick just to like. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, um, so basically Zeke and Aaron pop back out of dad dreams and, uh, he, Zeke commands Ymir to start heading towards the big light and to euthanize all Eldians. Uh, Aaron's like struggling out of his chains, sand chains and like rips his hand off basically to get out. Yeah. It does um, the classic, like, uh, pulls his hand through the, the manacle and it rips off all the skin and blood goes everywhere. Yeah. Um, and uh, so then he gets to Ymir and he gives her, he hugs her. And then we start to get to Ymir's backstory where she was like 2000 years ago was a, um, you know, village girl. Her village was then ransacked by like a pillaging group of warriors known as Eldians. Uh, then she like becomes like a child slave. And one day a pig gets out. And everyone in blames her and she then is hunted through the woods. They like shoot a bunch of arrows in her. It's pretty brutal. It's sad. Um, and then as she's like dying, she finds this tree and she falls down the tree into a big underground pool. And that's where she meets uh, a friggin' spiny guy. Yeah. So this was so weird to me. Uh, she falls in the water and there's just like a big spinal cord in there and mm -hmm. it touches her and she becomes a Titan. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I guess th if you're going to sort of like be like, this is what happened. Fuck it about anything mm -hmm. in the show. That's the spot to do it. Like, yeah. Like, I don't need another episode of like, what is the spinal cord? Like, yeah, it's why, fine. Yeah, why? <laughs> but I would like a spinal cord backstory. Yeah, maybe one day. Um, I thought it was fine. I, <laughs> you got to stay down there in the tree. I just want to come out. <laughs> no. You got no, no skin. No. You got no arms it's, and legs. It's my dream to see the sky. 
so yeah, it's it's that part's good. I do like this whole like ev- no one has eyes style in the mm-hmm. flashback. I think that was kind of fun. Yeah, um, no one has eyes or freaking they cut out all their tongues too, which was really horrible. Yeah. Um. So like Ymir doesn't have a tongue until she becomes a Titan and can grow her tongue back. Uh, uh, but she still doesn't talk then. But she does become a giant uh, mega Titan. She becomes a giant mega Titan and then instantly instead of like killing her abusers, she immediately starts to uh, like help them because at the end of the day, she is still like like 11 or 12 years old. Yeah, she's like a kid. No idea. Yeah, she's a child. Um, And then she starts going around and absolutely basically just nuking the Marley armies like everywhere. Just like one hit killing them like nothing can stop. Uh, this thing uh, and then the creepy Eldian king guy uh, makes her his like child bride and starts like forcing her to have children um, and this giant Eldian army like starts growing and it is like clearly like an evil imperialist army yeah um, and then uh, she at one point has a bunch of kids for him and uh, an assassin tries to kill the king and she jumps in front of the assassin's spear. I um, love that um, because I think the implication there isn't that she wanted to save the king, but just that she wanted to be dead. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Um, I think that Ymir's whole thing is semi that, but also that like she has been so desperate for like, like, some kind of like love of some sort and like even though what she had with that creep freak king isn't like actual real love that's like the only thing that like she knew you know um i didn't think it was a love thing for her i thought it was a freedom thing this will go into like a lot of the stuff that aaron talks about but i kind of got the sense that that she kind of accepts the titan war position Basically, as like this is her only access to any kind of autonomy and freedom for herself. Um, so she accepts that and goes along with it and eventually gets to this point where she's like, I don't want to do this anymore. It's bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she intentionally dies because uh, she doesn't give a shit. If she says the king or not. She just wants to be dead. Um, what she doesn't foresee is that the king will then make her children eat her body to become Titans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He did not foresee that. Yeah. I mean, I think th- I think there's that way to read it, too. I think that is probably the more immediate way to read it. But like. I feel like she's just been like waiting all this time for like someone to like show her some sort of like kindness and give her autonomy. Um, and I think that what I read from the scene of her sacrificing herself was that she was protecting the King. But then as she lay there dying, he and he was like, get up. Like, I know that doesn't kill you. Like they, like, I think in that moment, she then chose to pass on and like close her eyes and like pass on to the next, uh, you know, spirit realm, uh, where then she discovered she was trapped again. Yeah. Um, and so we'll get to why I think I think freedom and, and is the core here, especially in the context of Aaron. But we'll just get there in a little bit. So she gets mm-hmm. trapped back in spirit realm. And then what happens is sort of what we know to have happened, which is like now there's all these Titans who are her kids who ate her body. Um, and then gross. they form a but new I army. I guess it works. <laughs> yeah. Well, because we kind of know how that, that, that that's kind of how it works. Yeah. Uh, and they yeah. form a new army that, and like, that, that was like a, such a fucking big shot in the dark for the crazy King to be like, what if we made him eat her? Like, well, I guess the idea was like, well, they didn't seem to inherit it naturally. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, it's like, a, it's like such a crazy solution. Um, you think it's normal? Okay, yeah, moving yeah, on. I think yeah, I think it's uh, regular. Yeah. You know, I think he just like, was running out of uh, running out of options. He was like, uh, you know, uh, all right. You really under, you 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 could have gotten there to that decision. I think I see. I, you know, um, if, if I had enough tries, I'm like, well, it wasn't it wasn't inherited. Um, yeah. <laughs> so what else we got? That's the second option for you. Okay. Um, so yeah, so that happens. Um, and then meanwhile, she's in this like Titan realm and for like thousands of years, every time a Titan transforms, 
she is like in the sand realm like actually building the parts of the titan which then explains how they regenerate yeah and also like how they're all different like they're all different designs of hers yeah but then that made me ask the question then who was building her when before she was in the sand realm well i think she i think she just like evolved that way Hmm. Um, Anyways, I think she's yeah. I don't think she needed I don't I think she's like the start of that was like her meeting the weird mm-hmm. spine. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I just was like I was confused about that part. But anyways, so she's there now and she's been kind of like building all the Titans um, in this like eternal realm with sand. Uh, and then Aaron, I guess, somehow knows all of that backstory as we cut back out to present sand realm. And Aaron tells her to like fight for her freedom and to be free of like all of her chains, basically. Uh, yeah. And so that's he, that's why I think and, that it's a freedom thing for her on this thematic level, because mm-hmm. Aaron's whole speech is about like freedom. You don't have to listen to other people. You can do your own thing like you don't have to follow these rules and strictures, whatever. And that's the first time that her eyes open and she has eyes. Mm-hmm. And so that to me feels like the the show is telling us that like that's the core want that like Mm -hmm. that realization and that willingness to take that leap into like freedom and liberation is like the core thing for her. Um, Yeah, I think that's like intertwined. I I don't think it's one or the other because it's like she's been doing things for others her whole life. So that freedom or whatever. Yeah. Is, is like, yeah, breaking her, um, from it, but maybe she doesn't need anyone else. Maybe she doesn't need someone to, to love her or show her affection that she needs to just live on her own terms. Yeah. And I think that's what Aaron's like giving her basically. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty excited about, uh, okay. Then, yeah. That. So final. So and now so, let's get so, to the real juice. So that initiates the rumbling. Uh, I, I, I got, it looked cool. I gotta say, I wish that the intro hadn't given away so much. Yeah. Of the rumbling, uh, it, I think it really actually did reduce the impact of the rumbling because you kind of are seeing rumbling images for so much of the 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 intro. I don't know. It was cool, but definitely suffered a little bit from the intro. I think that that's true, but I think what makes up for that for me is how much we got to watch the characters react to the rumbling. Um, yeah. Armin in particular, I Armin did like the exact thing that we sort of have talked about being the interesting thing that would happen to Armin, which mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, that he is like, Aaron's our friend. Aaron's going to do the right thing. He does the rumbling. He's like, look, he's doing the rumbling. And this is what's mm-hmm. going to protect us. It's going to be fine. And then he like does too much of the rumbling. And Aaron's Armin's like, oh, he's oh. like, why are the inner walls? He's like, wait, why are the inner walls going down too? It's yeah. not just the outer wall. It's like all the walls. Yeah, he's like, why are all the walls going down? Why is he rumbling out so many Titans? What's happening? Mm-hmm. And it's very clear in that moment that Armin and Mikasa are like, oh, wait, maybe mm-hmm. Aaron is actually a, just a different kind of bad than we thought. And then Aaron yeah. goes into everyone's brain and is like, I'm <laughs> fucking nuts. And that's why he tags. He doesn't at everyone in the discord. And he at here's, uh, uh, he at here's paradise yeah. Island. And he does every single person, including like a, like a guy with like a baguette in the background. It's very funny. Everyone's like, Oh, <laughs> well, I'm just trying to hold my bread. <laughs> um, but like, uh, yeah, he adds everyone. He's like, uh, hello, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Uh, and he's like, yeah, don't worry. I'm going to kill every single person that's not on the island. And also, I'm a whale now. Yeah. Um, and he does like, uh, they even give him like super scary Titan face. Yeah. He has this like weird demon Titan face on and it's like it's not even animated. It's like purposely just drawn as like a still. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it was very, very interesting art there. Yeah. I mean, we're off to the races literally here. Um, and the episode sort of ends there with like Mikasa and Armin watching the the rumbling go off into the distance. And I'm like, yeah, uh, it should be an exciting couple of episodes. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we're we're moving towards the end game now, and it's uh, it's exhilarating. It's hard to. I'm so 
emotionally sort of like wrapped about the like wrapped into the Ymir part of this episode that like I almost forgot that we had to talk about the rumbling because it like happens like right at the end. Yeah. And, and Aaron, um, Aaron, like sort of manifests the weird spine creature. OK, the spine uh, creature comes out of nowhere and just instantly hooks into his severed head. And in what is one of, I think, the funniest stills of attack on titan just this weird alien (laughs) spine flying through the air and just hooking right into his severed head it's definitely (laughs) one of the weirdest things we see in the season um it's one of the weirdest things in the show i feel like it's bizarre yeah it's Um, pretty strange yeah, it's bizarre, but yeah, I, I'm excited to see where this is going now. It seems like they've laid down as much of the the backstory, historical stuff as they need to. Um, and yeah, I think that this is the episode where literally every single character in the show comes up from a piece of rubble and dusts themselves off and goes, huh, is anyone else alive? And then every character is going to decide what to do now. Um, and that's going to happen to like everyone from peak to Zeke and everyone in between. Yeah, it's extremely exciting and extremely interesting. I'm very excited to see where this goes, but mm-hmm. this episode's going to finish town because I got to get back to work. We got stuff to do. Um, So let's call it here. Friends, you've been great. This is a very fun episode. If you want to find more of our wonderful heroic producer, Haley, you can do so on Instagram and YouTube at Eat Every Sound. If you want more of Mr. Griffman, you can find him on Twitter and TikTok at Griffin P. Davis or on twitch.tv slash Chumroom streaming the James. Me, I'm on Twitter at Tailboy. That's T-A-I-L underscore B-O-I. And I'm on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Pixel Goblins every Wednesday, some Fridays and maybe Mondays to come. Who knows? Um, but uh, that is all for this week. And we will talk to you guys later. Goodbye. Goodbye. Talking on tight air. Good, 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 good. Now, there, 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 there. <laughs>